Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Amen. If you have your Bible or your phone, you can go to Luke 18. I want to talk to you guys today from Luke 18, 31 to 34. So Luke 18, verse 31 says, And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written about the Son of, Man, Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. And I'm getting your eyes on verse 31 to start because I want you to see that Jesus is on a journey. He says, we are going up. He takes the 12 aside. He says, we're going up to Jerusalem. And we know he's going up to die. He's going up to give his life. But I want you to see that Jesus is on a journey because I want you to understand that this is what you have in common with Jesus. You're on a journey. That when you chose to believe the gospel, when you chose to follow Christ, you started a journey. You're on a journey home. You are going home to glory. What does the Bible say? For here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. We're looking forward to what is ahead. And when you get to that city, you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like a family reunion. What one artist say, we'll all be together singing the same song, giving praises to the Almighty One, right? And it's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. Like you're going to sing like Garnet Sick. All I can feel is happiness when you get there, surrounded by righteousness. It's going to be a beautiful reality. The thing I want you to understand today is our journey will end nicely. Do you hear what I said? Our journey will end nicely nicely. And what I want to do for you today, don't worry about the screens. They're just messing around back there. Just pay attention to me. And here's what I want to do today. I want to remind you of what to expect on the journey. I want to remind you of what to expect on the journey. And here's why I want to do it. I want to remind you of it, what to expect, so that you don't lose hope when the road gets bumpy. Right? Jesus was going up to Jerusalem to give his life, but he wasn't, it wasn't an easy road, was it? And yours, what did Budra say? It's not an easy road. It's not an easy road, and I don't want you to lose hope when it gets bumpy, so I want to show you. Look at verse 31 again. And taking the 12, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked. And shamefully treated. Let me say this quickly. When Jesus says he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, the Jews deliver him over to the Gentiles, who are the Rome, Roman rulers in this text. And what Luke is trying to tell you is all of humanity is complicit in the death of Jesus Christ. Nobody is absolved. 
and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. God, we give you praise for the word. We want to hear from it. We want to learn from it. We want to be changed by it. So we pray for all of that right now, that there would be a transformation going on in our hearts and our minds, that we would come away from this word, Lord God, with a deeper appreciation from you, with an appreciation and a readiness, Lord God, to walk in whatever you have in front of us. There's a good word here for us today, Lord. I pray that we would hear it. You would help me to deliver it, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus pulls the disciples aside, and he tells them what is coming. He tells them what's coming for him. And you need to notice, he gives them this itemized receipt of what he's going to go through. He says that he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. He says that he will be mocked and shamefully treated. He says that he will be spit upon, that they will flog him, and then they will kill him. Jesus here gives them the bad news. He gives them the bad news, but I want you to know that it's actually not new news. Did you notice in the text what he says? He says, verse 31, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. Scripture testifies to what Jesus was going to go through. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheek to those who pull out the, my, uh, out, out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Isaiah 52, verse 14, many were astonished at you. His appearance were so marred beyond human semblance and the form of, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. Isaiah 53, 6 to 8, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that is before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was cut off out of the land of the living. Here's got to understand, Jesus more than anybody else knew what his destiny was. When he gives this details, it shows you, Jesus knows exactly what is up ahead. It know, he knows what is waiting on him. He knows what he's going to go through in Jerusalem. But I want you to know that Jesus did not stop walking. He kept going on that journey. And you should be like, why? Because he had you in his sights. He, oh, yeah. Even the babies know how to say amen. He kept going because he had you in his sights. It's that, what did he say? He was crushed for our iniquity. He was pierced for our transgressions. Upon him was the chastisement that brought you and me peace. Do you know what it took for you to sit there in peace? Spiritual peace. And that's what you got to understand about peace scripturally. Peace in the Bible doesn't mean everything is always peaceful. The journey is always not peaches and cream. But there's peace between you and God because of Jesus Christ. Irie, our youngest boy, his, right now, he was riding his bike yesterday out in front of the house. His favorite song is this. Yes, Jesus. I can't sing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, join me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Come on, lift it up. Say it. The 
Yes, when we hear him sing it, what do we say? Sing it, Irie. Because it's true. It's, and all you got to do, all you got to do is open the word and look and see the love that he had for you. So, the little children's songs are the best, aren't they? Yes, Jesus loves me. What? The Bible. He was riding his bicycle. I'm sitting there drinking some, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? I was drinking green tea. And I was just like, sing it, Irie, because it's true. The Bible tells me, so from Genesis to Revelation, there's this deep love and affection that God has for you. That's why Jesus gave his life for you, so you could have peace. Jesus gave them the bad news, but did you notice that he gave them good news? Did you catch it? Did you catch that he gave them good news in the text? He says, for I will be delivered up over to the Gentiles. I will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging, they will kill me. And on the third day, what do you say? He rise again. He gave them the good news. He said he would rise, and he did. He said he would rise, and he did. Early, that's why you're sitting here. Early Sunday morning, your brother got up. Luke 24, 1 to 6 says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared, and they found a stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, and anytime the Bible says behold, it's saying pay attention. What you're about to hear is real important. Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. He kept his word. He kept his word, but he has risen. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. On this journey, and all you got to do is look at Jesus' journey and put yours in it. On this journey, you will go through times of suffering, but remember, victory is coming. Victory is coming. There's mystery in suffering. We don't always know why. We don't always know where it's coming from. We don't always know how long it's going to go on for. There is agony and suffering. We don't have to pretend like we're not hurting when we are. So many people, they just, they're just trying to go through it all by themselves. I just got to try to be tough. I just got to try to, like, I don't need nobody. That's not biblical. We don't have to pretend like it doesn't hurt. We, it's okay to be vulnerable to get the help that you actually need. There's mystery and suffering, there's agony and suffering, but praise God because there's victory over suffering. It will not last forever. And Jesus' life proves that, that it will not last forever. And now you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, okay, but why is there so much suffering? Why is there so much suffering? Well, here's why, I'll give you a couple. Creation is waiting for its redemption. You, me, the world is waiting for full redemption. The other one is Satan is working. Just look at the story of Job. He's just going about his business. 
And Satan comes and he says, I'm going to, I'm, I want to attack him. Because he thinks he knows something about Job that God doesn't know. He says, if I just attack him, then he will actually turn and curse you. And he, it's the same thing with you. If, I, if he could just attack you, if he could just get you for a moment to doubt, he wants that. He wants to destroy your faith, and he wants to keep you people away from God. That is a real reality. Sometimes we look around, and we're not living and, and paying attention to what's really going on. You're in the middle of spiritual warfare. Do you understand that? Your life, this world. And, but what does Job say? Even if he slay me. Yet I will praise him. Job says, no matter what, I'm going to hold on. Satan wants to destroy. This next one, this last one, there's a lot of suffering in the world because human beings are selfish and sinful. Selfish. Sometimes you look and you're just like, how can somebody behave like that? How can somebody treat a person like that? Like they're less than nothing. Those are some of the reasons why there's suffering. This is an upside-down world. But let me give you something to give God praise for. Jesus has stepped in. It's an upside-down world, but Jesus has come. He came as a baby. He climbed upon the cross. He walked out of that grave. And Jesus has started the process of turning this upside-down world right-side up. And that's why I keep telling you your journey is going to end nicely. Because the plan for making things right is in full effect. Because Jesus is on it. Now you might be thinking, but what can we do in suffering? Victory is coming, but we still got to live now. Talk to your soul. In the middle of the struggle, in the middle of the grind, on the journey, talk to your soul. What do you tell your soul? It's through many tribulations that we enter the kingdom of God. You tell your soul that there is, there is purpose in the pain. That actually, when I'm going through something, believe it or not, that God is refining me, that he's maturing me, that God is actually getting you ready to be able to minister to somebody else. Do you know that? That your struggle, that your grind is preparation to be a blessing to somebody else. Here's this next one. In your, in your suffering, talk to God's people. Just talked about this. Don't got to go through it all by yourself. Talk to people. Let them cry with you. Talk to people. Let them pray for you. Talk to people. Let them, let them, let them, let them walk with you. Let them comfort you. Let them counsel you. You don't got to go through it all by yourself. Somebody needs, I, if I'm saying it twice, God knows somebody needs to hear it, right? This last one, talk to your heavenly father. In the middle of the struggle, Yes. In the middle of the struggle, talk to your heavenly father. What do you say? You say, and this is more than okay. God, take this away from me. Right? See, some people, you know, talk about suffering and it's just like, hey, just, just grim and bear it. That's not what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with lifting your voice. Just look at Paul. He says, Three times he pleads with, take it away, whatever this thing that he was going through. He says, take it away from me. It's okay to ask God for that, to remove it. But you want to balance that by saying, but if you decide not to take it away, 
Let me understand that your power is perfected in my weakness. If you decide not to take it away, oh God, would you help me? Would you help me to hold on? Would you help me to endure? Why? Because I've looked into the scriptures. I've looked at what Jesus has gone through. I looked at his suffering. I've looked at the fact that he is resurrected. And I know that victory is coming for me because it came for him. And I'm in him. So help me to hold on as I wait. The Lord knows. And he's for you. And so you cry out and you plead and you ask. But you hold on. You ask for that endurance to trust. As he does his thing in you and in the world. Look at verse 31 again. It says, And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. And you're like, Why are you taking us back there again? Here's why I want you to understand that the Bible is one complete story. Just circle the word accomplished. Because you are a picture of the reality that everything that was written about Jesus Christ was accomplished. He gave his life to save you and rescue you, and you are sitting here now. See, the things that are promised in the old were accomplished in the new. And the things that are promised in the new will be accomplished when Jesus comes. One complete story. We have a promise-keeping God. Who's with me? We have a promise-keeping God. And all you got to do is look. All you got to do is look through the scriptures. The promises of God, you can see them from, from Abraham right to the empty tomb. God keeps his word. Again, the journey will end nicely because we have a promise-keeping God. Verse 34 says, But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. So Jesus, you got to understand, if you're reading all the way through the Gospel of Luke, this is like the third time he's directly said to them, this is what's going to happen to me. But when you actually read again all the way through, it's like the eighth time. He's either said it or hinted at it. And the Bible says they don't get, there's three statements of their non-comprehension. It says, they understood nothing. The saying was hidden from them, and they didn't get what he said. Luke is trying to make it very clear that they're like, huh? They didn't get it because God didn't make it clear yet. And they didn't get it because it wasn't what they were expecting. So you got to think, they're under... Roman oppression. They're looking, so they're like, a Messiah who dies? What? They're looking for a Messiah who's like, you're going to free us from oppression now. You're going to give us freedom and peace now. And Jesus is saying, no, not yet. And so what you have is 12 guys who are, who are wondering, are we following the right guy? Did we give our life to the right thing. Are, is my eggs in the right basket? And don't you have moments like that? Yeah. <laughs> when things don't go the way you're expecting, 
Don't you have moments like that where you sit and you wonder, uh, have I given my, my life to the right thing? Have I surrendered my soul to the right king? We all have those moments. When your expectations are not met, it can be real jarring. But if you're dealing with un, unmet expectations, here's what I want to tell you. God knows what he is doing in your life. He knows what he's doing in your church. He knows what he is doing in the culture. And so we have to trust. I want you to understand, and you gotta, all you got to do is slow down and, and just take this in. God is wise and strategic. Oh, you're like, prove it. Oh, yeah, sure. Happy to. They wanted a king to overthrow Rome. God gave them a king who overthrew, conquered, defeated sin and death. And let me give you a little theology on God. God is always doing something bigger for you than you would do for yourself. Wise and strategic. Something bigger is going on. God's like, you want this little thing, and I get it, but I'm going to give you this big thing that's going to change your life forever. And what I'm trying to tell you is, in those moments when you have unmet, unmet expectations, you got to understand, God knows what he is doing, and he's doing something big for you, and in the end, you're going to see it, and what you got to do is hold on and trust on the journey. God knows what he's doing in my life. He's wise, and he is strategic. Oh, and we need a word like this. You know why? You know why you need this word? For the days when you're frustrated with God. Oh, I'm touching somebody. I know it. Because when your expectations aren't met, it's easy to get frustrated with God. But when you're feeling, and maybe you are, you just don't want to admit it. When you're feeling that way, God knows what he's doing and he's doing something bigger. You need it for the days when you're doubting the existence of God. Oh, y'all went quiet. Don't you have those moments sometimes? Is, any, is anything going on up there? <laughs> we need it. We need a word like this because it helps us to be patient with God. Patient with God. He knows what he's doing in my life. Patient. Because God always, always helps. You see, the disciples were confused. But their confusion didn't last forever. Do you know that? See, in, in Luke 24, they have a post-resurrection conversation with Jesus. Have you read the whole thing? A post-resurrection conversation. And Jesus clears it up for them. Let's, let's, let's turn there real quick. Just turn with me to Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 27, says, and beginning, so they, they, they bump into Jesus, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted, interpreted to them all the scriptures, in the, all that was in the scriptures, the things concerning himself. They didn't get it. 
But then Jesus just kind of, they were just kind of strolling along. And then Jesus kind of just popped up. And then he just walked them through the scriptures. He says, here, you didn't get this, let me fill that in. You didn't get this, let me fill that in. You didn't understand that, let me fill that in. And then in verse 32, it says, they said, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? They said, didn't our hearts burn? What do you think that was? Because they understood. Their hearts burned because they saw Jesus again. See, on this journey, there will be days of confusion. There will be days where you just don't understand. What did that song say? Don't know what you're doing. But I know what you've done. There will be days of confusion. But you've got to remember, God will give us clarity. See, for the disciples, Good Friday made no sense. Saturday, after you had the bun and cheese, you were sort of, it was still a little foggy. But then there was the bright Easter Sunday morning of clarity. Here is where I'm going with this. Being in the faith doesn't mean all of your questions are answered now. Just all you got to do, read the Old Testament, Habakkuk. He's like, God tells him what he's going to do in order to sort of make things right. And Habakkuk's like, what? Being in the faith doesn't mean all the questions are answered. Doesn't mean you're never confused. Doesn't mean you're never wondering what's God up to. It doesn't mean you're always, it's always, I got it all. I see it all clear. Sometimes the window's a little bit foggy. But here's the thing, being in the faith, and if you're truly in it, you keep walking. You keep going forward. You stay on the journey because clarity will come. Here's why. Because the king is coming. The king is coming. The disciples understood things better after the resurrection. And you will understand things better after the return. And no lie, I was like, this is not your typical Easter message. It's usually like full of hope and, well, there's this hope. My bad. But I'm just like, oh, it's, it's, it's usually a lot more hype than this. And, and as I was like trying to put the message together, I'm like, God, God why is it that we ha- like you have me in this spot where I got to give one of these ones where it's, it's like, wait. Hold on. And... I, I, God keeps bringing me back to this spot. Sons, you can come if you want. Bringing me back to the spot to say to our church, for whatever reason, endure. And then I realize, sometimes at Easter, there's all kinds of hype, and nobody feels that way. Because even though the sun is up, even though barbecue season is on the way, it's still tough. That the journey sometimes is real hard. And that over and over, we need to hear, endure. We need to hear, keep the faith. We need to hear, yes, you're confused, but God knows what he's doing in your life. Yes, it is tough, but hold on and trust the Lord. We need to hear that sometimes because sometimes we're all in here singing and shouting, but we're dying inside. That we're all smiling, that we're all hugging 
and we're struggling. And we come around to Easter again. We come around and the music and everybody's dressed nice and we're all pretending like it's all good sometimes when it's not. Sometimes when we're like the disciples walking together on the road and saying, hey, I really thought Jesus was the king and then he died. I really thought I signed my life up for the right thing, but we haven't seen that brother. And, he's, and we're looking at each other and wondering, Do, are we going to keep the faith? Don't you think as those guys were walking, there was some doubt going on? Don't you think they were wondering, is this thing that I'm going through, am I going to be healed from this? Is this, like, is this thing that I'm, I'm living through, is this going to get right? Because we trusted in Jesus and I haven't seen him. But then Jesus showed up. He went to the grave, but then he walked out. And then he walked to those brothers because he knew they needed a word and he gave them a word. And I'm telling you, the reason why to hold on is because Jesus is going to come back and he's going to give you a word. He's going to give me a word because I need a word some days. And so we come around again to this idea of endure. Do not drift away. Keep the faith. You have put your eggs in the right basket. You are following the right king. You're doing the right thing. Some people right now, they're sleeping in bed. You are here worshiping your Savior, and that's right. And you're going to be rewarded for that reality. You're, suffer you're suffering, you're struggling, but you're holding on. Victory is coming. Endure. Trust the Lord. See, the things we do not know, God understands and God controls. Stay close to other disciples. Think about this. When Jesus found these disciples, they were together. They were walking together. In the confusion, in the waiting, it's easy to start walking by yourself. That's unwise. Stay close to other disciples. Community is the way through confusion. Don't drift and walk with patience. Why? The journey will end nicely. Your king is alive. Our king is coming. Let's stand and pray. Father, all I want to say is thank you. Thank you that you have so much to say to us in these small parts of Scripture where we look down and we're like, oh, okay, not sure if there's much there for me. And yet there is. There's a good word there for us. We see victory. We see the pattern of the journey. That there's suffering, there's struggle, there's confusion. But then there's victory and clarity. I pray that you would help us, that you would help me, Lord God, to endure, to hold on, to keep the faith, to trust you, because you know what you are doing. You, we are fighting a battle, Lord God, that you've already won. And we know, God, that victory belongs to Jesus, and because it belongs to him, it belongs to us, because we are in him. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.